Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for American-born Chinese. Everything is more connected than you think. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. My name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for American-born Chinese Season 1. Uh, special thanks, as always, to our friends at Disney Studios Canada for letting us watch this season early for review. Uh, my name is Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Now, joining me for today's mythical review, we have two geeks that I'd want fighting the bull demon alongside me, Justin, the Wood Ox Lawrence. Oh, that's a good one. That's actually very accurate. That's, I believe, I am the year of the ox. There you go. I was trying to figure out your, your birth months and years and everything because uh, I wanted to make sure I got it right. Uh, and joining us, we also have Darcy, the water monkey, Hudson. Also very appropriate, I think. I like yeah. it. I Do you like spend it. some time in the water? I mean, growing up in Canada, you you spend your summers at a cottage, so I'm no stranger to splashing about in water. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think you guys would like mine. I'm a metal horse, which is freaking dope. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a metal horse. But uh, guys, uh, this, is, uh, this is such a, a, a delightful uh, show that we're going to be getting into here. Um, guys, it's, a, it's AAPI Heritage Month. Uh, by the way, and I wanted to mention just for those listening, Disney is celebrating um, by adding the Asian American Pacific Islanders collection, uh, which highlights some honestly really fantastic movies and shows from Asian creators and artists featuring Asian casts and characters telling stories from their cultures. Um, and instead of highlighting all of them in a big list, uh, I'd encourage you to go check it out. Um, you can you can get there. It's kind of tough to find. You just have to go to search, and then it should show up in like the explore section on Disney Plus. Um, but it's 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 been a while since we've done a this week in geek episode. Um, and so normally we do like a whatcha, which is what you've been watching. But I'm going to put a little spin on it, uh, and I've tasked you guys with taking a look at the collection. I want to know what what is maybe one thing that you'd recommend from that collection uh, for our listeners. I mean, my biggest connection as I was flipping through that uh, the, that browse tab you were talking about, I realized a lot of these animated movies from from like focusing on that culture seems to be right up my boat. I mean, Raya, the last oh, and yeah. the last dragon, and Big Hero Six are two standout stories told from that point of view, in my opinion. And and again, the animation seems to be killing. I mean, look back to Lilo and Stitch. Disney has always done the the American Asian Pacific Islanders well in animated form. So I, I love it. The animation is where you got to go for sure. Totally. Yeah, I think it's it's a toss up between something like Turning Red, uh, you know, that is very familiar because it is Toronto based, but it's also, uh, you know, a immigrant story and and talking about uh, what life is like dealing with your cultural identity amidst a new culture, mm -hmm. and I think that that it, it's handled really well. But also with that, I think you know we talked about the similarities between Turning Red and Ms. Marvel. Uh, you know, I think Ms. Right. Marvel is another show that very much mm -hmm. explores that, but is also much like this show is using the hero's journey as a method of understanding one's identity uh, through the, the cultural lens. So I, I think that that both of those um, do really talk about, you know, cultural identity in, in a very honest way that I think no matter what your background is, 
you can relate to it, I think, in a lot of ways. Totally. I think I think Miss Marvel, you know, when we were going through our watch club for Miss Marvel, it was it was one of those where we just said they are they are doing this right. They are nailing the execution on 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 just representation, but also everything you just mentioned, Justin. Uh, and I think this is another series that that also is is doing it right. And we'll obviously get into it for my pick, though. Um, I went with a deep cut. I'm going to recommend a Pixar short. Uh, it's only seven minutes. I rewatched it today. It's called Sanjay's Super Team, uh, and it's by Sanjay Patel. It's about a little kid who's watching like Saturday morning cartoons, yes, and his yes. dad tries to like draw him into the Hindu tradition, and and then he goes on this like imaginary adventure where he he sort of uh, imagines uh, the I guess the, the 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 deities from his from his dad's teachings. Um, the gods to be sort of these superheroes, the superhero team, and uh, and it's I think the you know it's it's funny because I think Pixar always finds a way to make me cry, but I'm like I'm sitting there, I'm welling up as as you know they're they're sort of learning about each other's worlds and and they kind of come together and it's and it's a really really beautiful story. So definitely check out uh, Sanjay's Super Team. Um, and it's based on Sanjay Patel's life. Like it's, it, you get to see a little picture of him at the end where he's like a little kid with his dad. And I was like, Oh, really hit. Um, but let's get into American born Chinese based on, uh, Jean Lun Yang's, uh, groundbreaking graphic novel that chronicles the trials and tribulations of a regular American teenager whose life is forever changed when he befriends the son of a mythological God. Uh, this is the story of a young man's battle for his own identity, told through family, comedy, and action-packed kung fu. Hell yeah. Uh, American Born Chinese is a Disney Plus original series produced by 20th Century, sorry, 20th Television. Um, Emmy Award-winning writer and producer Kelvin Yu uh, serves ex- as executive producer and showrunner. Destin Daniel Cretton, who you'd know from Marvel's uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, directs and serves as executive producer alongside Melvin Marr uh, and Jake Kasdan. I, these Kasdans keep popping up in the things I like. Um, we also have Aaron O'Malley, Asher Goldstein, and Gene Luen Yang himself also uh, on the team. Uh, the series stars Ben Wong. Uh, Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh, Yeo Yan Yan, Chin Han, Jimmy Liu, Academy Award winner Ki Hui Kwan, Sydney Taylor, and Daniel Wu, and features Rosalie Chang, Poppy Liu, uh, Ronnie Chang, um, Jimmy O Yang, James Hong, and Academy Award nominee Stephanie Shu. I mean, it's such a stacked cast. It premieres Wednesday, May 24th, uh, 2023, which is today. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day that we've uploaded it. So you can go check it out right after you listen to this review or or listen to this review. Maybe you've already watched a few episodes. Uh, let's get right into this. We're going to start with what worked. And I want to kick it over to Darcy uh, to, to tell me what, what worked with you for this first season of American Born Chinese. I mean, I loved it uh, a lot faster than I thought I would. I mean, getting into it, I was kind of like not sure what to expect. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea of a, you know, a mythical adventure with a high school kid definitely at my boat as a fan of anime and other stories that you know follow that that you know through line but this show seems to the way that it 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 feels like an anime the fight scenes are so over the top and exaggerated yet fit so well into the storyline everything about that i think was what worked for me so well is the way they used the fights to tell stories which is it was incredible i was on the edge of my seat for almost the entire series i loved it yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I think the 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 combat or the 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 martial arts is. It's you. You mentioned how it's sort of like um, a storytelling aspect mm-hmm. to it as well, and I love that they. 
I love that they kind of um, found a way to to a you get a fight in every episode. So each episode we do get a fight, um, but also the fact that they they tied it into the characters as well. There's mm-hmm. sort of this. Um, Aikido style with Michelle Yeoh's uh, Guan Yin, the goddess of mercy, where she's sort of avoiding and and not really fighting. Uh, The bull demon has like a head-on approach. And then there's even like a drunken master style Mm -hmm. of fighting in the show. And and it's it's so smart how they tie their fighting styles into the characters and and their portrayals is really, really well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what? Like for me, um, I think what really hits is the narrative of this story. You know, it explores themes of identity and the challenges uh, faced by individuals caught between two worlds. And what's great is that it's not just our main characters of of Jin and, and Wei Chun. It's Jin's parents. It's yes. the Monkey King and dealing with uh, the bull demon as well. Like it's all kind of tied together and it's intertwining perspectives and delivering a compelling narrative while shedding light on on the experience of the Asian American community. So for me, that was a huge hit. I think, you know, that was a thread that kept me hooked the entire eight episodes. The series does really commit to these themes and it really does play out in a a very entertaining way. You know, you mentioned committing to the 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 show. I sat down expecting to watch like I'm like, I'm going to watch two episodes and then I'll dip. I watched all eight in like one sitting. Um, and I love how Jin is like a, a geek. Uh, he's just trying to survive high school. But you're right, Justin. There's this beautiful mirroring of the parents of these two main characters uh, and, and and then them. And I like how it's not just their story. We do get like, I think the parents are fantastic in this. Yu Yan Yan yeah. and Chin Han, who play Christine and Simon, are so good in this show. They steal a lot of the, the scenes they're in. And there were times where I just wanted to stay with them and continue exploring their story because their performances were excellent. Their story is really compelling in this. Um, and I just thought, I, I, I like how this didn't, this took the approach of giving us a, a, a wider look at each of these cast members um, rather than just focusing directly in on Jin. I think it's very generational too, right? It's understanding where each of these generations are. Jin is obviously our main character who is the Chinese-American teenager struggling to fit in and you know is at odds with his parents and what success looks like. And mirrored to that is Wei Chen's story as, as the son of the Monkey King, who's on a destined quest and, and is yearning for acceptance from his father through that quest. Right. So it's it's very similar, in, in, in a, and I appreciate their commitment to that. And I'm talking about some, like I guess, heavy stuff, but it's not all super serious. It often uses humor in lighter moments to create a very well-rounded show. It's it's all masterfully handled uh, in this in this series. I, I really did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's funny, like you were talking about how a lot of the parent stuff, the generational issues are heavier and stuff like that, but they'll follow up these scenes with, you know, these mystical beings interacting with our world and just the way they do it is just, again, so much fun. It brings a smile to your face, even though they've just discussed such a heavy topic. They they pulled it off so well. And it's 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 crazy how yeah it's a coming of age story but you're right it blends the Chinese mythology and it it doesn't it there's serious moments but at the same time it doesn't take itself overtly serious with the the Chinese mythology part of it like these characters in one scene are going to look 
like gods and then in another scene you'll sort of see them a little bit more on the on on earth and and they're they're down to earth and uh but it never comes off as cheesy or campy one of the things that i kind of when i was going into this i was like oh, okay here we go this is gonna be like a cobra kai style thing and i was so delightfully surprised not that cobra kai is not great but i was so delightfully surprised that they never went overtly cheesy and goofy um i will say the costuming um might not work for everyone, but I think it's better than them trying to do rough CGI characters mm-hmm. on a television budget. Um, there's a there's a bottleneck episode uh, that's themed like an 80s style Chinese movie, which is <laughs> absolutely I, I perfect it. for the costume. Standard episode for the, for so the season good. for me. So good. And the costuming works because it looks mm-hmm. like the entire time I'm kind of like, this is reminding me of also, back yeah. when I was a kid. Like yeah. seeing these sort of costume characters. But that episode from its staging, from the way it's it's set up as like a sort of just, you know, takes place in one sort of set experience. It, it It's very reminiscent of soap opera style show. Uh, and, and that's the other thing, too, from from an aesthetical standpoint. You know, we, we've talked about the fighting. Uh, the choreography is oh, is is fantastic. So it's so well done. Um, the visual effects in some instances come off a little TV-esque. Um, I think it was the first episode where we see a lot of red trees. Uh, it was clear that those trees weren't actually red, that they just <laughs> dialed in the red. Um, and I think that that's just, you can see the, the the layers of production quality throughout. So, you know, the choreography was definitely amplified. It was elevated. It was some of the best choreography I've seen mm-hmm. in television, Absolutely. I think. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't think of anything else that would would have topped it. Um, but to your point, as you were mentioning before, Nate, the way that you know we see these mystical characters come in with their fighting styles um, and and how it's represented, like I just think of um, the, the 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 pig character, uh, Pigsy, Pigsy, which was <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah. And uh, that that fight sequence was was pretty funny. And so I think that's the other thing too. It's like you know, obviously they're fighting. There's action. There's there's this, this sense of uh, seriousness and some of them have that but there's also a comedic touch to some of them as well I think of uh, Guan Yin's uh, f- uh, battle with bull demon in her apartment uh, which <laughs> which was just more of like a, a ballet and yeah. featured mm-hmm. some lighter She's moments beautiful. throughout the choreography you know again it, 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 the way they found uh, ways to going back to what I was saying before implement humor into this so that it's not necessarily so taking itself seriously but there's some really serious stuff that goes on in this that makes you question sort of like society and and how society perceives things you know ki kwe kwan's story uh as as freddie wong throughout this this series is is handled really well and with a real sense of authenticity that feels true to ki kwe kwan's story Mm -hmm. it's really well done again it's just so great to see key just everywhere i, I want to see more of him um and 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 i think he brings such a level of sincerity and authenticity to anything he does that it it just inherently feels connected to him and i think most importantly this 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 character in this show feels like it's it's ripped right from his own backstory yeah i i, I agree like i think you know there it's 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 this sort of meta narrative there's this this um uh, beyond repair uh, sitcom show that Key is playing, sort of this main character, and right off the bat, the the you sort of see in the world, in Jin's world, in in his high school, kids are talking about it as if you know, oh, is it, it they're laughing, but is it problematic? Um, and 
it's it. You're right, Justin. It's short round with Indiana Jones, right? And it, and I think it's but it's, it's, it's even like it. visually represented in the in in his aesthetic. It's it's yeah. like a hybrid of short round and data, like both mm-hmm. two iconic characters he's played in Indiana Jones and and the Goonies. So it's very interesting, like you're saying, the meta quality of the story, and it feels very purposeful in the show, and it's it's very compelling. I think it's it's a layer that is smaller in comparison to the larger narrative, but it still connects back to the larger narrative as being about finding who you are and identifying your destiny. So good. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I think it's, it, there is so many things narratively that they do, they get right. I think um, stylistically as well, there's there's little details. There's Easter eggs uh, in every single episode. It makes you want to watch them again and again because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil all of them, but there is, you know, in the episode where we meet Pigsy, um, we can see Pigsy written out on the fridge in the Wong's house, right? Or like the school's mascot is a crane, which is an important detail for Wei Chen's character. Um, little things like that, just they they add even more fun to each episode. Um, and this show is a everything everywhere all at once sort of almost reunion uh, with with Michelle Yeoh, uh, Ki Hui Kwan, James Hong, Stephanie Shu all in the cast. Um, and... Yeah, I think it, honestly, it's it's such a stacked cast. I think the the highlights, though, for me, were the scenes with the with the actors that are recognized by the Academy uh, in this show. I think any of those scenes, I were immaculate. Yeah, I think that you know it goes without saying that the show is about Jin and and Wei Chen, but you have such an outstanding supporting cast that helps to elevate this show. Um, and yeah, you're right. It, it, it feels like a everything everywhere all at once reunion. But I also think it's capitalizing on the success of what that movie did by celebrating the outstanding Chinese cast that is working in Hollywood and bringing them in to help tell a new story that actually draws a lot of parallels back to everything everywhere all at once, in, in my opinion. Um, I think that, you know, Michelle Key, Stephanie, James Hong, and, and even Yeo Yan Yan and Chin Han, they are also well known for for other things outside of of this show. They bring them the best of themselves to this show. So the entire supporting cast outside of 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 uh, Jin and Wei Chen, it's it's immaculate. There's great performances across the board. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, before we get into what didn't work, was there anything else that that worked? We're obviously all pretty high on this show. Was there was there any other things you wanted to mention that really worked for you before we kind of talk about some negatives? Yeah, I just wanted to call out the music. I think there's a good mix of, you know, uh, great hip hop tracks that feel very contemporary uh, and very uh, of today's uh, audience. But there's also a really nice score. I, I know Nate, you and I were talking about it. I think I think the score has a little bit of a a um, callback to those Hong Kong style films, but also has it helps to drive the tension. It helps to drive the mystery. Uh, at, at times, um, it stood out to me in some instances uh, as being its own character mm-hmm. uh, when you heard it kind of trickle through, um, and I really, I really did enjoy it. I also liked how it was used as a bit of a a mechanism to highlight cultural differences. There's a scene in the first episode where we see Jin's mom driving, and you hear this sort of uh, operatic Chinese uh, melody, and she's kind of singing along with it. And then when she drops him off at school they immediately cut and you and it's such a hard cut from that scene 
to the high school scene and it's used with contemporary music. And I think, I don't know, I think it was used intelligently at times and, and really does highlight what the larger themes of this show are. Mm-hmm. I, I especially liked how throughout the course of the show, the whole soundtrack was evolving. Like you mentioned how earlier on it really was this divide between, you know, home and school for, for Jin mainly. But as we go through the series and as we explore his identity and where he stands, we see that soundtrack evolve as well. And, and again, I, I I loved how much it, it was something I was noticing. And normally I'm not the biggest guy to like listen to a yeah. mu- uh, soundtrack or pick it up, but the way that it was used in the show really helped show the the changes that all these characters are dealing with and, and going through. It was so well done. Yeah, and it's it. they use a lot of the tracks as well to sort of lead into the credits after each episode. And I remember, Justin, or uh, Darcy, we, we reviewed Blockbuster. And I remember you and I were like, whoever's picking the tracks for the end of the credits, that, that was probably the best part about that entire show, Rest yeah, in Peace yeah, Blockbuster. So. Uh, but um, but I, I will say the same for this show, and thankfully it's attached to a really good show. Uh, as far as what didn't work, um, I'm sure we'll probably be a little bit lighter on this. I will say for me... I did find that at certain points, uh, the decisions of some of the characters that they make and the reasoning behind them, because of the sort of uh, mythological nature of the story, did feel a bit too simple. Uh, And I get that that's by design, but I felt it also caused some of the progression of the characters, sort of how quickly they sort of believe in what's going on around them is a little bit too fast for me. And I was kind of like... That was the only part that sort of took me out where I was just kind of like, we're already on board. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to agree. I feel like the the pace of this show was Mm -hmm. lightning fast. They were Mm -hmm. moving on. Each episode was a new story and a new focus as they kept going through the series. And I feel like because of that, we were we were getting a lot of these these quick decisions shoehorned in that we're just supposed to believe. And I did enjoy the story overall, but like like you were saying, Nate, I was left questioning some things at times and i feel like that was just because they had eight episodes to tell the story and really wanted to move it along so yeah it's it's weird how sometimes we complain about how slow a pace is and then complain other times when the pace is too fast so (laughs) apparently we can't we can't yeah we can't find that just right spot apparently (laughs) yeah and i i think that yeah I'm, i'm with you guys i think the negative aspect is the occasional rushed pacing of certain plot points i think the series covers as we were mentioning, you know, themes that are intertwining with intertwining storylines. And at times it may feel like certain aspects are sort of glossed over or not even given enough time fully to develop. This will definitely leave, I think, viewers wanting more depth and exploration and and potentially hindering on their complete, you know, immersion into the narrative. It might take them out of it at times. Um, But I think it's important to note that these moments might be rushed storytelling, uh, it's relatively minor, though, in, mm-hmm. in a significantly, and it, it doesn't really diminish the overall impact of it. Like you said, Nate, it's it's one of those things that I think is inherently part of a, of a show like this, when it does have so many layers, that there is going to be, as, as we're talking about, this sort of fast, slow, fast, slow sort of element where it doesn't hinder on your experience. It'll just, it's something you'll notice, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I definitely noticed it. Again, there was, there was just a bit too much of, of sort of just a, okay, and then let's do the next thing. And, and and part of that could be the length of the episode. It could be the length of the series. I'm not sure. But, um, but I, 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 yeah, it didn't, it didn't ruin it for me by, by all means. Um, it's just something we noticed. Um, let's get to our overall thoughts and final score uh, for this first season, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five sacred scrolls. And Justin, we're going to start with yourself. Um, yeah, well, uh, if you can't tell, I really enjoyed this series. Uh, I think it delivered a very thought-provoking and engaging experience for myself that 
in my opinion, I you know, it explores themes of identity, cultural assimilation, and, and the challenges faced by individuals caught between two worlds, as I was mentioning before. I think it delivers a compelling narrative that mixes elements of fantasy, teen dramedy, to tell a story about the experiences of, of the Asian American community, while also giving us a hero's journey and a coming of age story. I think there's so much that this series is, is mixing together that really does work. It seemingly blends realism and fantasy and, and highlights the complexities of cultural identity using those elements at place. Uh, I think the series isn't afraid to dive into the internal battles faced by its characters, offering a heartfelt exploration of self-acceptance and the desire to belong. And as I was mentioning before, that isn't just from the main characters of, of Jin and Wei Chen. It is, it is through, through all the characters that we are on this journey of self-identity and self-discovery um i think the emotional depth and relatability of these characters will resonate with audiences no matter what their cultural background is and you know we were talking about the cast the cast is is outstanding uh, i think ben wong as as jin and jimmy Liu as, as wei chan really do serve as the anchors to this series um with a massive supporting cast including two oscar winners michelle Yeoh and ki ki kwan um i think Overall, I, I I enjoyed my time with the show. I'm really happy that they're dropping it all at once, um, so yeah. you can you can binge it. It's it, this is a binge worthy mm -hmm. show. Um, it, it really does, as as Nate pointed out, it will have you hooked after the first episode. I found myself hooked, and and I just ended up crushing it over two days. And you know, I think the show impressively showcases the creative team's dedication to, to bringing Asian culture to the forefront. Uh, you know, this comes from the storytelling, the performances, the choreography. It's just it's all masterfully weaved together. I think at the end of the day, American Born Chinese serves as a shining example of how art and storytelling can create a platform for more voices and more stories and celebrating and embracing culture and diversity. Um, so I, I really would hope that Disney does decide to at least give us a second season because uh, I think it's it's deserving of it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give this four out of five Sacred Scrolls. Very cool. Darcy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with Justin. Everything about this show was, was so enjoyable. It, the, the, the narrative was enough to get you hooked after the first episode and make you want to find out how these these deities are interacting with her and why and, and everything in between and a lot of it comes down to the fact that the cast that we mentioned were so all their performances felt so heartfelt and they had it they they had a connection to the character and were bringing it to the screen with an intention to tell an amazing story which i think they really did and that those pacing issues we mentioned were not enough to to hinder my enjoyment of the series it was just something i noticed and then i moved on much like the series does where they, they give you a new plot to focus on right after they wrap up something else so i thought that was beautifully done the choreography was incredible soundtrack was amazing i i, I really enjoyed this show a lot more than i thought it would after you know agreeing to review it i was intrigued by the trailer and just blown away by the actual uh product that was brought to us so i will be giving this one 4.5 out of 5 sacred scrolls thoroughly worth checking out very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, the show's great. It's such an excellent season one. Uh, it's such a lovely surprise, I think. You know, I think mm -hmm. exactly what you were saying, Darcy. We saw the trailer, we saw the cast, and that, you know, had, a, had us peaked. But then after watching the first two episodes, I was fully hooked in. I think the combination of Jin and, and Wei Chen's story and how they mirror their parents with the mythological storytelling, it just, it's such a wonderful blend and, 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 
I think it's a great way to hopefully push uh, Western audiences towards more of these stories. You know, the story of the Monkey King is is the, probably the most popular in Western media. There's Lego sets for the Monkey mm-hmm. King, right? Um, but there's so many other stories within Asian cultures that can be explored. And I think this show is a great representation of why we need more stories like it. Um, I think the the fight choreography, as we mentioned, is just... It's backed by an equally fantastic performance from this cast. And the show just... The, the 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 way the show chooses to focus on a generational story rather than just one character was really lovely. And I, I at no point in time did I get bored. Um, as I mentioned, I, I I literally sat down and watched all eight episodes in one sitting uh, throughout the day. Um, and it's not perfect, but it's a really lovely watch and it's an easy watch. Definitely binge it. Um, I think it's better binged. Uh, and then that's the biggest thing though I will say is watch this show. Like, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this and you're thinking about watch, don't just watch it. Watch this show. We need a season two. The team deserves a season two with the writer strike going on. You know, these companies need to pay their writers. Um, and Disney's now removing some of its programming. Uh, you know, we, we got to tell Disney what we like. And I really think you're going to dig this show. So watch this show. I'm giving American Born Chinese a very solid uh, so- season one, a very solid four out of five sacred scrolls that is it for our review of american born chinese season one we hope you enjoyed it and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts uh if you haven't already and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts uh on this series or any of the shows or movies we cover well i'm gonna do like a a crane kick over to justin to let you know how you can reach us uh they can reach us at we are at gmail.com that's we are at gmail.com or they can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. On Instagram, we've got uh, some Little Mermaid uh, Canadian premiere coverage. Uh, I had the chance to have a quick quick little tiny conversation, but a very geek-centric conversation with uh, Jacob Tremblay, the voice of Flounder. So definitely check those out on our on our Insta and on our TikTok, um, which is at WeAreGeekcentric on both. Uh, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for The Little Mermaid, Fast 10, uh, Family, Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Volume 3, and Star Wars Visions Volume 2. We have a ton of interviews out now, like our most recent interview with Sean Gunn and Chakuri Awuji from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which you can check out here on your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. This is the summer of movies. It's just beginning. Uh, and uh, and so we've got all these lovely shows that we get to watch, but there's, uh, there's a ton of movies coming out in the next few months, and we're going to have a lot of coverage for all of it. So subscribe, you know, click the bell, click whatever you got to click. I don't know what, on podcasts, you give us a review if you could, five stars. All of it really helps us to keep doing what we love doing here, and hopefully you love it as well. So, uh, Justin, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this mythical review. And as we say, love ya. Laters. Peace. Peace.